This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. It's midnight here on 98.7 ESPN in New York. Hey, Gordon, what's up? Larry, what's going on, my man? Everything is good. Everything is good. I'm just, I'm just listening and hearing uh, the concern from the Giant fan. Concern. Giant fans a little. Giant fan is is nervous. Really. The Giant fan is, but, but nervous with anticipation, not nervous of fear. Yeah. Nervous with anticipation because when you played like you played this weekend, you want to get back on the court. You want to get back on the field, Gordon. You're ready to go. Yeah, of course. You don't want to wait. You, you don't want to wait. You know they're happy as Saturday night. I mean, if it was Sunday, they'd, they'd be done. <laughs> It'd be done. But I, I really believe, listen, it's that it's that calming, it's that nerve-wrackingness, it's that I want to get the game ready, it's all the conversation, it's, you know, just the countdown to it, it's, it's the build-up, it's, it's just, it's nerve-wracking for them. It's nerve-wracking. Uh, I, I got to be honest, the Giant fans that I have heard from and, you know, you see things on Twitter or, you know, various mm-hmm. places, you hear callers to the different shows on the station. I have heard a very confident fan base, a fan mm-hmm. base that almost kind of expects to win, realizes that if they lose, the season is already a rousing success, right? Giants could mm-hmm. lose 50 to nothing. And, and no, still, no, no, they can't lose 50. To well, look, I'm just saying they could lose 50 to nothing, and I don't think that fans would look at this season as a disappointment in any way. Like, the season has already been proven a success, mm-hmm. and you already, no matter how the season ends, whenever the season ends, you mm-hmm. will feel good about your coach and your new regime and your quarterback and all these type of things. So I've heard a fan base that is very confident, um, feels good despite you know the Eagles winning the two matchups this year, and 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 rightfully so, not just be based on how I think the Giants played against Minnesota and how they've kind of played here for the last month and and are are playing their best football when it matters the most, but uh, you know magical things kind of happen to the Giants from time to time. Mm-hmm. So if there was ever if there was ever an organization that would go and knock off the Eagles, just listening to the uh, the promo there from uh, Jay Williams about if the Eagles mm-hmm. were to lose, would their season be a failure? Absolutely. Oh, there's definitely. no. I mean, I don't want to say there's no pressure on the Giants, but all the pressure is on the Eagles. They absolutely. You're the number one seed. You're playing your first playoff game against the team that you have owned for the last better part of the last decade absolutely you have to win this game. And if you don't, if you lose by a single point at the last second, no matter how you want to break down the game, any uh, way you envision the game going, mm-hmm. yes, their season will be an absolute failure. So this is a great spot for the Giants. It's a great spot for the Giants. But for some Giant fans, it's just, it's Philly. It's, yeah. a team that, it's a team that they see a lot. It's a team that they don't like. It's a team that's had a lot of success. It's, it's just they're just ready to play the game, so that's sure. where that, that that's where that you know that little nervousness comes. I just, they just want to play. They're, okay, we're ready to go. Let's go. Let's go. And all the talk we've heard, Gordon, and rightfully so, has been about Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones has played well. Daniel Jones has had a great season. Daniel Jones has been the guy. Daniel, look what Brian Dayball's done with Daniel Jones. Kafka, look look at is it Kafka? Is it Dayball? Is it Dayball? Who who's who's the person that gets the most credit for Daniel Jones? Let's give Daniel Jones credit. Daniel Jones is going to get a big contract now. Uh, Gordon? Saquon Barkley? 
What, what, yeah, what well, does Saquon Barkley fit in all this? Yeah, that's going to be very interesting as well. I mean, for all the good feelings that uh, the Giants fan base and the organization has right now, and rightfully so, mm-hmm. I mean, you're, you're one step away from playing in the, the conference title game. <laughs> Unbelievable. Um, but, yeah, I mean, there's going to be big questions after this season. Now, the, the questions about uh, Jones have been answered. Now we're just – it's almost like a Mad Lib where, where you have the story and you're just filling in the numbers, right? Like, is it four for 35 a year? You know, like, is it 30 a year? Is it 35 a year? How many years is it? But Daniel, I don't think Daniel Jones is going absolutely any place. No, no. The question still is about Saquon Barkley because um, I don't know and I don't think anybody really can know about what Joe Shane thinks about spending money on the running back position, even with all the money that the Giants are expected to have and the need for playmakers. The last thing you want to be doing is is removing playmakers from your team when you don't mm-hmm. have all that money to begin with. Yep. But that is going to be a major question, and I think part of it is what is the most important thing to Saquon Barkley? I think when we look at Daniel Jones, we kind of think, and maybe this is wrong, maybe we're just making this up in our own heads, but we kind of feel like, you know, Daniel Jones, drafted by the organization, he's going to want to stay here. He might even be willing to give the Giants a little bit of a discount to stay here. He's not just going to go to the highest bidder, but he's a quarterback. Mm-hmm. You know, this might not be if, – if this is the new Daniel Jones we're going to get, this might not be Daniel Jones's final contract. That's right. When it comes to running backs, and we saw one of them last night in the Cowboys game and Zeke Elliott, you got to cash in when you can, man. Uh, yes. and, and, and this is, I mean, a second contract for a running back is generally the last contract for a running back. So you can kind of understand why if, if Saquon Barkley's number one thing is I want to make the most money I can, you could kind of understand what his motivation would be that way. And if you were the Giants, you'd understand why they would be reluctant yep. <laughs> to do a multi-year deal. Because, I mean, look, and this, and this is what confuses the matter. For the most part, he's been healthy this year. A little banged up, mm-hmm. but for the most part, he's been healthy. He hasn't missed a bunch of games like he's had previously. And when he was banged up, Gordon, his production diminished. Right. Yep. Okay? And now, he, granted, he was carrying the workload, so you understood, but it did diminish. So if you're the Giants, do you franchise him do, do, to protect yourself for another year mm-hmm. and just see what happens? Okay, if mm-hmm. he has another year, maybe we'll do it again. Uh, And we could always maybe do multi-years if he comes back and does something else. Because in theory, I would think the Giants would go out and add to their receiving core. Right. So they would not have to rely on him so much. But so for me, I I don't know that you – now, and really, if they franchise him, he really doesn't have any say. He has to come back. But I don't think he's – personally, he's not going to take a one-year deal. If if you offered him a one-year deal, he wouldn't sign that. No. Why would he? He's no. going to want a two, three. He's going to want a three-year deal, Gordon. Yep. At least two I, years, I, he's going to definitely want a three-year deal. Yeah, and I, I mean, I can't say I blame him, right? I mean, you know, running backs, it's very hard to to get that second contract. Even guys who have been even more productive than mm-hmm. Saquon have been uh, in in this rookie deal. And the the projected franchise tag number for a running back would be just over $10 million. So that might be a road that they go down where you say, you know what? Yeah. Almost like Aaron Judge, you know, it's great you – primarily stayed healthy this year, show it to us another uh, one more year mm-hmm. before we're ready. And and look, you're just kind of biding your time because we know how these things end for running backs. The, the yes. end comes very quickly for these guys. So uh, sinking a bunch of money into that position, if, if he's looking for, you know, a three or four year deal, 
uh, worth, you know, 14, 15 million. I don't know what the top of the market is, but if he's looking for top of the market money, I just don't see the Giants going down that road. Now, what does help him is that he's not strictly a handoff running back. No. Like you can't throw the ball to right. him. So that lessens some of the wear and tear on him that he would pounding, that he would take going through the line. And he does have some explosiveness. We saw it this weekend that he's explosiveness. I mean, he's, he's healthy as far as from previous injuries to various limbs that he's had. So there's no question he's healthy. But I'm just saying, if you're the running back just doesn't. First of all, they're not on the level of quarterbacks. We get it. It's quarterback, it's pass rusher, it's corner. Those are the top, those are the top guys. But Gordon, running backs, it's not that they're not important. It's just that because of there's so many of them with great speed, their value they hurt themselves because 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 there's so many of them that's available that you can get. Now I'm not saying everybody's Saquon Barkley, but what I am saying is you can get a bunch of, of running backs who have some speed. You can get two or three guys. The, the idea of just one running back running your team, I mean, other than Derrick Henry, you don't see that in the league. Not generally. Um, I mean, and, and with certain teams, it seems like the backups, you know, like the Cowboys last night, Tony Pollard is by far a, mm -hmm. a better, uh, a more effective running back right now than Zeke Elliott is. Yep. Um, you know, and, and are, are you going to go down that road? Like the top of the market is like $15, 16000000 million. Uh. No. It's great to have, you know, $50 million to spend, but would you be better off finding a couple of cheaper running backs who won't be, you know, won't be necessarily as good as Saquon can be on his best day, mm -hmm. but will be productive and will be interchangeable and you'll be able to, you know, mix and match and stuff like that. And then you can take whatever savings, five, six million dollars, whatever it is, and then you can add, you know, more more playmakers, another linebacker, you know, another defensive back, whatever it is. Uh, rather than spending top-of-the-market money on a running back. Yeah, so that's another thing the Giants have to decide. So, Giant fans, how are you feeling about this weekend, and what do you think is the move for Saquon Barkley? We've heard a lot of you trying to figure out what to do for Daniel Jones. Well, I think he's okay. <laughs> He'll yeah, be fine. Yeah, I think it's going to work out all right for him. It's going to be pretty good for Daniel Jones. But what about Saquon Barkley? 1-800-919-3776. We'll take your calls next on 98.7 ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. Damer until midnight. Gordon and I just thinking, everybody's talking about Daniel Jones. What about Saquon? Saquon's been as, Gordon, as big in the beginning. He was probably a bigger offensive weapon than Daniel Jones became. And then as the season went on and they found some things, Daniel Jones ran the ball a little bit and they start to complement each other. And over the past couple of games, you could say, Gordon, that, uh, you know, Daniel Jones has kind of taken the lead on this offense. Absolutely. no. I mean, look, they, you know, Saquon was a major factor and a major part of it. And without him, I would think that all, everything else becomes dip, more difficult, right? Because of all the attention the other team is, is uh, paying attention to, to Saquon. But, uh, no, I mean, the, the story of, of Sunday's game was, was definitely Daniel Jones. Yep, easy. Mm -hmm. Very easy. He did a great job. Let's go to the phones. Cameron's in Long Island. Cameron, start us off on ESPN New York tonight. Hey, how you doing? Um, glad to be on. Thanks for having me. And um, one of the things I want to mention is when you're a defense, and do you spy Saquon or do you spy Daniel Jones? You got to pick your poison. So having Saquon on the team, you always have to worry about that. And, you know, Saquon can break an 80-yarder somewhere. 
can he do that with a discount running back? I don't know. Well, it would be. It may not be the same, Cameron. Thanks for the phone call. But personally, I would put the spy on Daniel Jones. I wouldn't put the spy on Saquon Barkley. I would put the spy on Daniel Jones. A and B. Gordon, I'd have to do. I t- have to take a page out of the Viking playbook and throw it away and do opposite what they did and try to work on my containment to keep him in the pocket where he can't go wide because that's when he really does a great job. If they can, if you can keep him narrow in that pocket and force him to step up where you have help, then it does. A, it's a much better option for you defensively. Yeah, and especially you know when he was as accurate as he was throwing the ball as well. I mean, he was he was uh, picture perfect on Sunday. Now I do think that you know that again, all credit to Daniel Jones, mm-hmm. but we do have to factor in that the Minnesota Vikings defense is terrible. Like you, you, everybody can move the ball up and down the field on them. It was just a question of whether or not you could get in the re- you know you could actually score when you got there. The Giants obviously did, uh, but that is a, a major factor of this as well. The, the Vikings. I don't think that the Eagles are going to be nearly – I'll say this. If the Eagles are even close to as bad as the Vikings were, well, then Philly's in major trouble. Major trouble. Major trouble. And that would be different because that's not normally how they play. No. So – And know. they've had you know, like they've kind of had the answers for – I know they didn't play this last time, but, I, I mean, we can pull up Daniel Jones's career numbers against the Eagles. I mean, the Giants have not done very well against the Eagles here. They've not – Outside of this year, Giants have not been very good with Daniel Jones. Mm-hmm. So it would make sense that they haven't beaten the Eagles a whole bunch of times. Yeah. Spike is in St. Pete. What's up, Spike? Hey, guys. A couple of quick things. So, uh, remember Dinah Washington's big song, Larry? Do you remember the name of it? What a difference a day makes? Yes. And, um, and Gordon, I'm happy your team played real hard, so I understood how you felt. I was pulling for you, but they put on a hell of a show, so you got to be proud of them to some extent, knowing what the uh, we, we'll outcome will We'll, we'll be. hand out uh, championship ribbons, participation trophies for everybody, uh, yeah. you know, and some orange slices after the – I hear what you're saying, but it just shows you how diminished the Dolphins' expectations are that they, they play a close game, and everybody's like, oh, it's like kindergarten. Oh, my God, look at that. You guys played them really hard. You played really well. Yeah. It's a nice I, try, I Spike. Saying, He's just bitter. He's just bitter. I, no, I, I absolutely am bitter. I'm a bitter old man, Spike. I, 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 I apologize. But, but I do feel for your quarterback. But real quickly, so I want to make a point. It shows you how what a difference a month makes. They're ready to throw Daniel Jones out. Some believed in him, some didn't. That's a lot of banter today. But And you're right, Larry. I was talking to a few people today about it. And they're going to have to change the game plan. But he did make seven first downs. I mean, yes, I don't care how big Minnesota is. And the Giants are playing their asses off. And they have a great coach. And, and let me just get to the Nick game because I couldn't talk to you yesterday. Real mm-hmm. quickly, mm-hmm. you made great points, both of you. It's so on the money. And, and listen, I'm not giving you any more credit than I could pick up myself, vice versa. We're all you know, on the same page. We see all the flaws. But I talked to, to Bill today, actually, talking about it. I said, you know, Tips doesn't learn. And, and, and I heard my nephew Trey go off last night. Mm-hmm. The, the precipitous drop in free throw percentage, I got a hard time in my hand. I looked at it today in the last four minutes of the game. It's unacceptable. It's totally unacceptable. I don't, you tire them out in the gym like Floyd Lane to you, Larry. Run mm-hmm. laps and then shoot 100 free throws. That's the way you do it. It's wrong. You can't have the ball in his hand. Right? You got to throw it out. Losing the games at home is going to make them an eighth place team instead of a yeah, sixth place team. I'm happy with the improvement, 
But losing these host games, home games is showing the stubbornness of the coach. Look at the minutes, guys. Yeah. You talked about that, Les. He's running up mm-hmm. 45 minutes on these He's guys. But to... anyway, look, we have He's a good week. Gi- Giants will win. I hope the Knicks win. And they're going to beat the bad teams, like you said, Gordon. And I appreciate talking to you guys. Look forward to the show. All right, Spike. Thanks for checking in. Listen, it's very simple, Gordon. They need more talent. They need more talent. You know, yeah. that that's the other part of it. Yeah, I, yes, he's playing a bunch of people, but to be fair to him, I mean, let's face it, Gordon, Obi Toppin has not been good since he's been back. It's no. going to take him a little longer to yeah, get into I mean, some more shape. He's not been good. No. And so that means Randall's minutes are going up because he's yep. playing very well right now. So right. logically, I get where Tibbs is with that. It's, it's just they need more talent. That's the bottom line. They just do. And they and they don't need like talent across the board. They need the high end, yep. you know, top fifteen player, best player who when he's on the court, he's arguably the best player on the court. The mm-hmm. Knicks don't really have that. No. No. He isn't. And hopefully by the trade deadline, he'll walk through that door. <laughs> well, yeah, I hope so. Because <laughs> he hasn't been no, he hasn't he been near that door ever. No, he's not been. <laughs> it's been a while. Been, he's not been called to the door. He doesn't have a pass to the door. He's not been anywhere close to the door. No, that's no, for sure. no, not at all. He he hasn't. He doesn't even know what the door is. Yeah. At this point, so and so that's the real thing that jumps out at you. And yet, because of that, their margin for error is very small. So see, that's the other reason that that you you have to nitpick everything. You know, when, when you have talent, you know, if, if one guy has a bad night, okay, he had a bad night. Somebody else picked him up, you know, but, but that's not what's happening with this team. So, you know, we, we end up picking on, it sounds like we're picking on and nitpicking with Julius Randle because even though this is the, this is really, he's gone through a tremendous stretch where he scored, but he's got flaws to his game, you know, yep. and, and that's one of them is he just, he's very stubborn. The ball, the offense went through him. He still wants the offense to go through him. And sometimes he just doesn't get rid of the ball fast enough. The other thing though, for me, I just think in the minutes I'm seeing him and I know he's not perfect and I know that he's not great. But Gordon, I just think Jericho Sims should get some more time over Hartstein. Yeah, just, absolutely. Sims is he's more athletic. Yeah, he, absolutely. He does a better I mean, job. It, ju- it, you know, it jumps off, off the, the screen when you watch it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. He's just better. So uh, you know, I just think. I think Hartenstein had a nice start to the season. Did. It was kind of surprising, and you're thinking, oh, you know, maybe the Knicks found, a, you know, yeah. not a big piece, but you know, a little piece here to give you, you know, ten, twelve minutes a night. But uh, I think that run has kind of ended here. I think so, and and you have to have three centers because you know. Mitchell Robinson could walk trip over the big court line. Absolutely, he's, out the he's week. been he's been very good. Let's not mention it. Let's not talk about it. It's like a pitcher in the middle of a no hitter. You don't want to jinx it by any means, but uh, yeah, no, no, there's no question. I mean, that has been his history. It's not been so far this year, but it just takes one step, right? It does, or one misstep in his case. Mm, As a exactly. matter of fact, I was concerned last night because he was holding his elbow. I'm like, uh oh, here we go. He's out of the month. Uh oh, here we go. Here we go. Hey, it's 98.7 ESPN Super Box Bonanza 2023, Gordon, with over $35,000 in cash and prizes. Now, each box comes with an additional prizing, including Yeti coolers, Nixon Rangers suite tickets, JBL speakers, fantastic gift cards, and more, much more. Plus the big game payout, $500 in the first and third quarters, $1,000 at halftime, and the grand prize final score wins a trip to Resorts World Bimini, in the Bahamas, plus $2,000 cash. Get your boxes by listening to D.P. Adrian Rothenberg, 6 to 10, 
Barton Hahn, noon to three, and the Michael K Show, three to seven, through February 3rd. It's all brought to you by our friends at Bartesian Premium Home Cocktail Makers, ooh, Slowman's, Resorts World Bimini in the Bahamas, PC Richard and Son, the Grand Marnier, an award-winning blend of fine cognac and orange liqueur, and of course, 98.7 ESPN New York. For full contest rules, go to ESPNNewYork.com. More calls next on 98.7 ESPN. Yeah, they do look a little different. It's ESPN New York tonight on 98.7 ESPN. And Gordon, they do look a little different. Matter of fact, they look a lot different. <laughs> yeah, they look a lot better. <laughs> they do. This is a different giant team than what they saw the first time around. There's no question about that. Yeah, Closer no to the team they saw a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, but I mean, even different than that because that was yeah. like a lot of backups. Absolutely. But they still gave them a lot they of effort. They still gave so, them a fight. Absolutely. So that's, it's going to be closer to that. So, you know, think that level – Plus, with a playoff push, plus a confident team and the starters, the Eagles going to have Eagles going to have all they can handle. They're going to have all they can handle. Now they can handle a lot because they're a really good team. So, but that's what makes it fun, right? That that's the best part of it. Yeah, and and just how healthy are they? You know, how healthy is their quarterback? And and will the fact that they've had an extra week off, which you would think would be a great thing, everybody rests up. Oh, it doesn't turn out that way a lot of times, though. The team that. A lot of times these teams that get these bye weeks, they never show up. And you're thinking yeah. to yourself, oh, this team's going to be, you know, spitting fire because they've had a little bit of a break. They've had a little bit of a rest. Sometimes it's better just to keep going and, and fighting through it like the Giants have been doing. So uh, we shall see. We shall see this weekend. Ryan's in Perrytown. He's next on 98.7. What's up, Ryan? Hi, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, I'm a Giants fan, but after last year watching the Mahomes a Mahomes Allen shootout and thinking of the Giants from last year who couldn't even really snap the ball it looked like it was like division one and division three comparison so I think the clock is uh, striking midnight on a Saturday I think that um, you know it's just too much of a jump to get into this um, real elite uh, Eagles team and regarding the Saquon Barkley uh, contract talks I just think in general between football and baseball all these contracts, salary cap, four years, five years franchise. It's just getting so confusing for me um, that I don't know what's going on. And I, I know the NFL wants the reasoning of the product on the field, but um, for the, all the franchises. But um, I think that it should be more capitalistic. And, um, you know, it's not fair to the players. And, and the, the players are really getting the short end of the stick. What do you think, guys? All right, Ryan, thanks for the phone call. Let's tackle what you said at the end first. Uh, capitalistic NFL, yeah. <laughs> There's capitalistic as you can think of as far as collecting money. Yeah, protecting the players and giving the players what they're worth and whatnot. It's really, Gordon, like we said, it's really mostly by position. Quarterbacks are, are the most important. They get paid. Corners get paid. D-linemen, pass rushers get paid. Um, running backs, not, not so, so much. much. Yeah. It's yeah, very difficult so for running backs. It's a, it's a, you know, there's a time where running backs got paid like, you know, like star players. That mm -hmm. has that is certainly changed. I, I don't know if it was Le'Veon Bell was the first one, but, you know, it's not that long that it's taken. I, I mean, look, if you want to talk about player contracts and, and capitalistic, it would be nice if the contracts were guaranteed. Yeah, how about <laughs> I mean, they're that? They're not even fully guaranteed contracts. Nope. They're not nope. They're not worth the paper they're printed on. And, and you see these numbers and you hear these numbers, you think, oh, wow, this guy's really cashed in. And then – you know, if he's hurt two years from now, all that money goes away. So mm -hmm. um, it'll be very interesting to see, you know, just how healthy and how ready to go are the Eagles. And, I mean, after this past week, it's almost like even when these teams get out to big leads, 
it doesn't necessarily mean a whole lot. No, no. Especially if you got the wrong coach running things. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, the, you know, we talk about the, the way you play when you're, when it's time to play uh, the last month of the season, Eagles uh, barely beat the bears 25, 20. Uh, they lost to the Cowboys. They lost to new Orleans and then they barely beat the giants backups. Mm-hmm. They peaked early. Yeah. They peaked early. They peaked mm-hmm. from the beginning of the season. They really did. And the other part that uh, the caller made, too, is, listen, I, I hear what you're saying, but you can't compare Mike Glennon <laughs> with running this Giants offense no. uh, last year to no. what you've seen no. at any point in time this year. So while I understand you have a healthy respect for Philly, you can respect your giant team a little bit more than what you're doing. This is not the same team that that played the way they played last year. Even when you saw the Mahomes, the Mahomes Buffalo. They, listen, there wasn't many teams in the NFL last year that could match what Buffalo and, and Kansas City did in that championship game. Look, it, anytime your your team's season ends, there's always that like recovery time. Like, sometimes it takes a week. Sometimes it takes a month. Sometimes. You're ready to watch football the following week when your team's not in it. Sometimes you can't watch football again until the next season. The Giants, I'm not saying that you won't be devastated when they lose, if they lose at some point, but I think that the turnaround will be very quick because you'll Mm -hmm. immediately start thinking towards the future. If we can do this with this, imagine what we'll be able to do when we add that. Exactly. And now that's where you are. Imagine yeah. what you're able to do by adding someone who spoke the same language as Daniel Jones. <laughs> yeah, and and I'm not. I, I'll be honest with you. Uh, I think the Giants are very live underdogs this week. I absolutely. Oh, absolutely. I'm not, I'm not even talking. Under, I'm not even talking point spread. I'm talking. I'm talking money line, Larry. Yeah, they've it got. The, not, they've got. It would not no, shock me. Absolutely. This has all the makings of a Giants. Giants kind of run coming out yep. of nowhere. <laughs> Surprising everybody. That's it. It's what they do. Mm-hmm. You know, when they face the Eagles, Gordon, it will mark the 10th time Big Blue has played a one seed in the playoffs since the NFL implemented seeding back in 75. They're 6-3 and three in those games. G-Men have won each of their last six playoff matchups against the number one seed, going back to the 1990 NFC Championship. So that is a six-game winning streak versus number one seeds Longest by any team since seeding began in 75. The last time they lost to a number one seed, it was the Bears in 85. And listen, they went on to win the, the whole thing. So right. what do you expect? So uh, the past six playoff matchups against number one seeds for the Giants, here's what happened. Um, they won against the Niners in 90. They won against the Bills in Super Bowl 25. They won against the Cowboys in the division round in 07. They won against the Patriots in 42. They won against the Packers in the 2011 division round, and they won against the Patriots in uh, 46. So I'm just saying, it's, it's it's what like you said, it's what they do. Their brand. It's what they do. Absolutely. The stats show it. Mm-hmm. Stats show it. So uh, while it's not the conventional, you know, the conventional run where you know you're looking at the. The, the fantastic defense in the running game. It's, it's kind of the same thing. It's just more of an emphasis on the offense, Gordon, than the defense, which is normally the, has been the Giants' calling card during this time of the season. Yeah, uh, and and now peaking at the right time. I mean, think about how long we went with the Giants not being able to score 30 points in a game, and now mm-hmm. they've done it, uh, you know, back-to-back here. Yeah, it's like a regular thing for them now. They're rolling. Yep, they're, they're the greatest show on turf. Yep.
uh, just for for folks who you know promo code Gordon folks mm-hmm. have shekels. Uh, New York as a postseason underdog. Uh, Fourteen wins first, a winning mm-hmm. percentage of six thirty six, a cover percentage of seven seventy three. Seventeen and five, yeah, seventeen and five ATS, fourteen and eight outright as a playoff underdog. Gordon. And I looked at Daniel Jones's numbers against the Eagles. He's only played the Eagles five times. Mm-hmm. Um, he's two and three in those games, or the Giants are two and three in those games. But his numbers are actually better than you would think. Um, he's completed sixty-five percent of his passes, only five touchdowns, but only two interceptions. Uh, he's rushed for an, an average 47 yards per game, thrown for 220 yards on average per game and a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's been sacked 15 times, but, you know, some of those games the Giants' offensive line was not exactly stellar. No. So, I mean, he's not actually played that poorly historically against the Eagles. No. He's, 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 done, he's, he's had a decent shot against them. He's done decent. I mean, two and three for the Giants before this year. You know, he's, he's played them twice. Well, once this year, he didn't play in the second game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, before this year, going two and two against them is, considering what the Giants' record is, that's pretty good. It is. It's one of the, he's one of the few people that have been able to beat them mm-hmm. <laughs> since they've been struggling. It's amazing. It's amazing. Gordon, uh, you got to help me with this. Okay. Because it keeps happening. There's two things I'm hearing. Okay. One is... Hey, if you're the Jets, you see what happened to Daniel Jones? You see what happened to Geno Smith? Don't give up on Zach Wilson. That's number one. Okay. He could be fixed. The other thing, Gordon, which which I can't, I, I just can't fathom how this would happen. You hear that Lamar Jackson stuff again with the Jets? <laughs> have you been hearing this, Gordon? I actually have a feeling on that. Can you have you been hearing this? Yeah. I have a feeling too, and, and I'm not going to tease. I'm going to tell you what my feeling is right now. Okay. okay? Why would Baltimore do that? <laughs> why would Baltimore do that, Gordon? Well, why? Would, it, why? It, it now, does kind of feel like maybe behind the scenes that there's a divorce brewing. For whatever mm. reason, maybe he doesn't want to go back there, and you know, there's things that are going on. So maybe at the right price. He will be playing somewhere else next year. I guess that's possible. It, I, I will say this. The one thing I've seen from all the different odds is nobody really has any idea where he'd be going. Yeah, exactly. Because it's, 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 everywhere you look, it's a different team that's the favorite. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Now, I, well, we'll, hear what you, we'll hear what your theory is on it. Okay. And what's interesting is, uh, you know, this conversation of him not, not traveling – you know, then then the comment he made on Instagram, which was, you know, you got to take care of this and take care of that, paraphrasing him. Steve Young had an interesting comment, and he blames, uh, I'll tell you who he blames next. You're listening to ESPN New York Tonight on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. Before we continue our conversation on Lamar Jackson, I want to talk to Robert in the car. He wants okay. to talk to you on 98.7 ESPN. Right. Hey, Robert. Hey, how you guys doing tonight? Happy New Year. Hey, Robert. Happy New Year. Yeah. So, going back to the Buffalo game with uh, Miami, uh, I watched that game, and I'm a big Dolphin fan uh, for many, many, many years. You know, they did it without Tua, and they came within three points 
of Buffalo Bills, and they had less than a 10% chance of winning that game. And I think they blew it, I guess, off of a mistake by Mike McDaniel made by thinking it was a first down and stuff like that. My question to you is, that play happens. They get that uh, that third down and one. They make that – they, they, let's just say they win that game. Who knows what they do with, with the rest of the season and what's going to go on with Tua next year. The word is I think they're keeping them. What do you guys think about Tua next year being the quarterback of the Dolphins and what do you think it's going to do for them to help them out? Well, look, uh, Robert, they're not in the greatest of situations. I know, and thanks for the phone call, that a lot of people feel like, you know, this is the start of something new for the Dolphins, right? Regime, new coach, first year, you get into the playoffs, even with your backup quarterback, even with your third-string quarterback. Problem is, they, they're, they're over the cap. Um, they actually approached this year as kind of like they were getting over the hump. You know what I mean? Like, that, these are all the moves that they've made. They don't have any draft picks in the first or third round because the owner tampered with Tom Brady. So they don't have any cap space. They don't have any draft picks. So it's going to be very hard to improve on the team that they have. And look, uh, I'm not a doctor. I can just go by what doctors tell you, Larry. And, and they say mm-hmm. that generally when you have a concussion, you're more likely to get a second one. And when yes. you've had two in one season, if not three, yeah. um, and, and you're an injury-prone kind of guy, I do not have great hopes for Tua ever being able to get and stay healthy. I mean, even this year, even this great year that he had – his availability impacted what seven games, six games? Because you have to consider he he was he was injured in the Green Bay game. He threw the three mm-hmm. interceptions and self-reported the concussion. So you'd think, okay, that must have been the reason he threw the three. I mean, I, I'm guessing uh, he wasn't able to play in the playoff game. He wasn't able to play in the Jet game. So uh, yeah, I mean, he really kind of impacted seven games. That's a lot of games to miss for it a is. quarterback. It is, it is. With the idea that he could miss more. And here's the thing with the Dolphins in history. If, if the Dolphins get rid of him, he goes someplace else, he'll turn into Drew Brees. If they keep him, he'll have a concussion week one next year and they won't make I, I will say this right now. Book it, mark it down, uh, January 17th, 2023. When we mm-hmm. get to next year's NFL playoffs, they will not include the Miami Dolphins. Really? I will book that right now. Wow. Wow. Interesting. Because all the things that people are saying about, oh, well, this is a good start. This is a, you know, a new wave. They, they said all those same things when Adam Gase got them to the playoffs. Oh, my God. Don't mention that name. I, I'm just saying. I'm just saying, Larry. <laughs> Oof. It's not a chill. It's got a chill when you mention yeah. that It's amazing. Wow. You know, like all these guys resurface someplace, right? They do. It's amazing. He, he hasn't. Yeah. <laughs> it won't. He's still getting paid from the Jets, but, I mean, still. Which is one of the reasons why Salas still has the job. Mm. I'm just saying, I don't yep. think that Woody wants to continue to pay coaches right. that, that aren't right. coaching for him. <laughs> right. You know, when he may have to do it again next year. You know, we'll see. We'll see. All right, go. what's your thought process on this Lamar Jackson to Jets talk here? I just think that people are just throwing things at the wall, right? I mean, it seems like maybe nobody really has information about Lamar Jackson, so we're just kind of – going down that road of, well, if he were available, who would be the teams? Because he would be great on a lot of teams. And I'll say this, you know, I've heard some things from people, um, I think even Iron Staten Island was saying, I don't want to trade draft picks for Lamar Jackson. Okay. Look, you can have it one way or you can have it the other way, but you can't have it both ways. You can't tell me we've been looking for a quarterback for 50 years. Mm Mm-hmm. 50 they I don't know if they've had a first round pick every single year but let's say that they have at least you've had a first round pick for 50 years 
50 years and you've not found somebody. Nope. Here's, I'm, I'm guessing in the next 50, in the, in the next three years, you're not going to find somebody. So if it takes three first round draft picks to get a 26 year old former MVP to solve the position, go do that. And I'll say this for Woody Johnson. If he's being truthful and the quarterback is the big missing piece, well, there you go. Go mm-hmm. get him. Yeah. He said he would break the bank. Right. Well, that's the guy that's you break said. the bank for. You know, that's not 48-year-old Tom Brady. Not uh, not Derek Carr. Not Jimmy Garoppolo. Nope. Go get – go get – I mean, you want to talk about excitement. Yes. <laughs> we'll finally be able to stop running constant ads for jet tickets. They'll sell themselves. <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> that's for sure. I mean, so think about this, Gordon. Let's say hypothetically, yeah, Baltimore signs him, mm-hmm. right? Franchises him or signs him, and then so, no, trade trade doors are open. Here's the salary. Trade doors are open. We'll sign him. You do what you want. Now, what would you give up for him? Do the Jets have enough to get him? All right. So, what did Denver do? Denver gave up. What did Denver do to get Russell Wilson? Um, Drew Locke, right? Yeah. Drew Locke, no offense. Mm-hmm. Shelby Harris, mm-hmm. two first-round picks, two second-round picks, and a 2022 fifth-round pick. Yeah, I think it would be more significant it's for, be more for than Lamar that. Jackson. Yeah, because he's younger. Yeah, yeah, there's more left in the tank. Yeah. yeah. I, I would say that you have to start the conversation at three first-round picks. Yep, I would say. I agree. We probably have to throw something else in there. Yep. Um, they can, can we interest you in a slightly used Zach Wilson? <laughs> um, you know? Uh, maybe that's part of it. But I think you'd have to – if you're going to have the conversation, it's three first-round picks. So he has uh, played in 70 games. Mm-hmm. This is Lamar Jackson. Yep. Okay. He's got a 63.7 completion percentage for his career. Mm-hmm. Thrown for 12,209 yards. 101 touchdowns, 38 picks. Uh, he's been sacked 132 times in his career. He's got a 96.7 rating and a QBR of 59.2. Rushing, he's <laughs> Gordon, 727 attempts. He's rushed for 4,437 yards. 24 touchdowns. Good. Yep. You know, I mean, he's 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 good. <laughs> he's it's, a it's former not, MVP. It, yeah, it's not very often that you can say hey, if we get this guy, he will be the best person who we've ever had mm-hmm. play this position. Mm-hmm. I mean, all due respect to Joe, Joe mm-hmm. Willie. But different play, different quarterback. Yeah, different time. Different style, different yep. time. Yep, no question. But there's he, no question he would be the best guy they've had. He's the prototype of what you want in your quarterback today. Yep. Now, maybe he could throw – maybe you could work with him on his completion percentage. Mm-hmm. But I'll say this, Gordon, he's got more weapons here receiving-wise yeah, than he has in Baltimore. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, you get Brees Hall back healthy. That yeah. would certainly help, right? Yeah. But, I mean, to throw to, I mean, yep. his guy, his tight end is the guy that he throws to there mostly. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've got Wilson. You've got, you know, David. You've got, you've got you know, more. Mm-hmm. I think you have more weapons to for him to throw to than he's got in Baltimore right now. Could be, yeah. Um, now, I will say this. Mm-hmm. I, like, there might be a part of Lamar Jackson who, for some reason, he wants to leave that organization. He wants a fresh start someplace else. Yep. I find it very hard to believe that there's a quarterback who would say, you know what, uh, we're making the playoffs a lot. We haven't had a really deep run, but we're making the playoffs a lot. I got to get out of here. 
I got to get to the Jets. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. I don't I, listen. I don't believe he's coming here. I no, don't, I, don't I don't think either. he's leaving. I don't think, I think they're going to. At yeah. worst, they'll franchise him and make him stay. Right. At worst, then they'll well, let him it, walk. It could be that he is. Pl- it would not shock me if he were playing someplace else next year. It would shock me if he decides to go to the Jets. Mm-hmm. I, I, if I'm Baltimore, I why am that. I letting him go? Yeah. Well, look. I mean, maybe there's something that you know. It, that, it's not like they won without him. They got to the no. postseason without him. They didn't win. No, but, you know, if he decides to really put his foot down and he doesn't want to be back and maybe there's been some sort of issue behind the scenes that we don't know about, that would not stun me. Uh-huh. But, yeah, I mean, if, you, if you're going to go get him, you're going to be paying a king's ransom. Well, and he's worth it. Yep. Especially if you're the Jets. <laughs> you might have to throw Jets. in an extra pick, right? <laughs> we'll continue the conversation on 98.7 ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. About the Giants yeah. and Eagles. What's up, Frank? Hi, how you doing? Great. Good. You there? Yeah, we got you. Okay, I got, I got a few points to make. First of all, um, the Giants, nobody mentions how they've gotten so healthy the last three weeks, four weeks. Daniel Jones was carrying a team on his back with not even a go-to receiver that we thought Teddy Galladay would be. Um, mm-hmm. the, uh, I saw Joey Burrow the other night, and I like Joey Burrow. I mean, I, I remember his LSU days. He had a great career. I wouldn't take Joey Burrow tomorrow right now for Daniel Jones because I know what I see. What I see is Daniel Jones is very mobile. Uh, you know, he had a bad injury, Joey Burrow, and it, he's, he's not moving like he's three years in the league. He, you know, he's a great thrower, but sooner or later he's going to get caught on the blitz. You know, having said that, Daniel Jones, um, Peter Rosenberg said Daniel Jones sits at the same table with Tyler Heineke last week. When I hear stuff like this, I got to call up the phone. I got to call up ESPN because it mind boggles me. These Giants... When, when's the last playoff game the Eagles won? Do you know that answer? The last one that the Eagles won? Yeah. When the Eagles, what's the last playoff game they won? They didn't win last year. No, they, you know lost, they, the, played they last lost year, the right? Bucks in that game. And, uh, and, and Jalen Hurts did, did, did not have a very good game in that game. So that's, no. It was you know, a very low-scoring game. Right. And, but the point is, you guys mentioned maybe they peaked earlier. You know? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, and it's not even about peaking as much as it is. Like, if you told me that the quarterback was healthy, I would feel a whole lot better about it. Yeah, Yeah, we we don't know the extent of his shoulder injury, but last year, see, Gordon, I I follow everything. Then I'll make one more point. I'll let you go. Um, If you remember last summer, not this past August, but they didn't even know if Jalen Hurts was going to be the starter. It It was out there. You know what I mean? And he played very well last year and solidified his position this year. But we don't, we don't know what's going to happen. But like you said, the Giants are coming in. And I know we don't know what's going to happen. Barkley's running the ball great. Daniel Jones was unbelievable last week. But here's the deal. Now, Buddha calls a lot. And I hardly call. And Buddha is so good that I said, wow, this guy should get a job. He makes great points. And I hope he's listening. But he got so jealous before because he's a Jets fan. He got so envious before. Oh, Daniel Jones is going to be running for his life. 
listen, the Eagles are a dynamite team. They're not the they're not the eighty five Bears. You know what no, I mean? They're not Frank. Nobody they're is. not. And thanks for your phone call. But but to be fair, um, Gordon, the Jalen Hurts that was in last year's playoffs is not the same Jalen Hurts that started to play this year. He's a no, different player. No, but I don't know if we're going to get that one from earlier this year on Sunday. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't know what version of Jalen Hurts. Now, if Jalen Hurts is at the top of his game, that would be a problem. That would be an issue. And, and you know, you're saying about, well, bef- there were questions about Jalen Hurts, you know, before last year. There were questions about Daniel Jones this year. Yeah. I mean, they were all the same questions. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, it's about how you play. And I would just say, you know, if you gave me – the two options in front of as great as Daniel Jones has played, as great as he was on Sunday. You give me Joe Burrow or, or Daniel I'll take Jones. Burrow. Yeah, I'll I'm taking Burrow. Going, yeah, I think I'm going Joe Burrow. I'm taking Burrow because he might have been the only person to play behind the worst offensive line that Daniel yeah. Jones has yes, played behind. That's, that's a good point. <laughs> He's, and I, he I don't know the, only the last guy. Eagle. Was, the, was their Super Bowl win their last playoff win? It, we, he never got to that point. Yeah, I might have been. Oh, against the Bears, the 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 yeah, field yeah, goal yeah, where yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. right, what, right. What right. was the, I, I can't I can't remember the field goal kicker's name now. Speaking of the field goal kickers, I got to do this, um, Harvey. Let's let's go to the Joe Buck piece as we we do do some on the air producing. Gordon, <laughs> remember last night we said that Ray Santiago ran out. Because he's a Dallas fan, mm-hmm. and Brett Cody Meyer. Parkey was the field goal kicker. I'm sorry. There you go. Look at you. There you there go. You go. There, there you go. go. Speaking of field goal kickers, uh, Brett Mayer had a tough night last night. Gordon, oh. uh, tough night. This is uh, Joe Buck on ESPN going through the uh, missed extra points. Extra point is pushed wide right, and that wasn't close off the foot of Maher, who misses for the fourth time. Extra point wow. is missed again. Missed three all year, 50 of 53, and Brent Maher has missed two tonight. And now Maher misses again. And this is an 18 to nothing game with three missed extra points by Brett Maher to tie as many as he missed all regular season. And now the drama of Brett Maher trying to hit an extra point. He's missed three tonight, four in a row. And he has done it again. They might be looking for a kicker next week. Oh my God. You've got to be kidding me. I've never seen anything like it. Why are we kicking it? Why are we kicking it? That's a good question. (laughs) Just keep going for two. Go for two. Hey, you talk about something. And listen, Daniel Jones was phenomenal. I haven't seen Dak Prescott play like that either in a while. Well, I, I will say the Cowboys, when they play at their their level, they do have a good. Super Bowl level type of team. I mean, they have a great, you know, uh, they have pieces on defense. It can be a great defense. They have pieces on offense where they can score a boatload of points. Mm-hmm. But their range of outcomes, it's too <laughs> up and down. It is. It's too up and down. You can't rely on that. Now, could they go on a run? Yeah, they could. Sure. Absolutely. But I'm not, I'm not expecting that. No, no. They're taking it. They're taking talking about it. Step up in class for the Giants going up against the Eagles. The Cowboys Mm -hmm. are taking a step up in class. Oh, yes, they are. But but you know what? Is this the week that the Brock Purdy experiment's over? You got to think. Is this the week? I mean, yeah, we talking about Jets quarterbacks earlier. Gordon, can you you just shaking your head right now? You're looking at what he's been able to do in Frisco. You're looking at what uh, even though there were some issues, Thompson. 
in Miami. Yeah. Was, it didn't oh, look like he was too big day. for the moment. Yeah, no, absolutely. He didn't look like he was too big for the moment. And look where he's come from from the first time you played against him at MetLife. Yeah, I mean, what Brock Purdy has done, and just take a look at what the the the, the depth chart is that he has to work with as well. Oh yeah, he's got he's got, he's got a few weapons. Oh my gosh, <laughs> I mean it's 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 ridiculous the the he's amount got a of few. weapons. You know, they they have Christian McCaffrey there. They got the tight end. They got Debo Samuel. Oh. The, the kid Ayuk makes plays. Um, Elijah Mitchell's the backup running back. I mean, oh. they, they just have players everywhere. The the, the, the fullback. It's uh, it is an abundance of weapons, and uh, it is. If, if look, if Brock Purdy holds up, if he does not ever have a rookie kind of meltdown game, the Niners very well might win the Super Bowl. It's amazing, isn't that something? And he was shaky in the beginning too. He was shaky early. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, little that shaky, first game against he, Miami, we yeah. got we got him started. You we did broke him in. You did. You did a great job. Yeah, <laughs> amazing. <laughs> you did a great job, but but that's why. And we'll take a break in a second. That's why it's so fascinating to see what are the Jets going to do. I mean, LaGreca talks about it all the time. Do you take the offensive coordinator or do you get the quarterback first? Oh, too What bad. do you do? It's not even – well, look, you have to kind of get the co- coordinator first because free agency is so far away and you're not going to be able to make any trades. But mm-hmm. to me, it's, it's 95-5. Get the quarterback right and the, and the offensive co- – I've, I've never heard people complain so much about offensive coordinators when teams have franchise quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they're good. Right. <laughs> they, sometimes they win in spite of their I mean, who, who's Joe Burrow's offensive coordinator? Right, like I don't yeah. even know who the Bengals off off the top of my head. I don't know who yeah. the Bengals offensive coordinator is. Obviously, yeah. we know the the situation in Buffalo because Dable was there, and mm-hmm. and, and you know uh, he comes here and everything else. But you know, it, I don't hear many complaints about the offensive coordinator when the quarterback is as good as those guys are. Now, yeah. I don't think the Jets can get somebody like that because I don't nope. think they're going to get Lamar Jackson. But nope. the, the point still stands. Get the quarterback right. Get somebody who can really play the position. Mm-hmm. And then the, I think the offensive coordinator will take care of itself. We'll continue the conversation on 987 ESPN. Well, let's go back. Let's hear from Steve Young. And we were talking about this Lamar Jackson situation earlier. And he has an interesting slant on it when he was on the K show earlier. Here's what he had to say. He thinks Baltimore is the reason why there's an issue with Lamar. I've made a case many times that Baltimore Ravens did him a disservice over time because they doubled down on what he was doing in college and have not developed him as a sophisticated passer with weapons. They have doubled down for a very, very specific, like brain double. Who are we, the Ravens? Ferocious defense, bullies, big offensive line, and most sophisticated running game in history. And that's what they've done. And they beat up a lot of teams in the regular season, but they're always one and out in the playoffs because it's a quarterback-centric, high-flying Closers in the like the NBA in the fourth quarter who can throw it all over the field. Mahomes, Allen, Burrow, Herbert, and Lamar should be in that group. He should be, and because he hasn't been. And look, it's not, it's like they haven't. They chose not to do it. They chose a different philosophy that fed into Lamar's greatest talent. But what is his greatest talent in the long run? It might be throwing the football. I just don't think we know. And I think either the Ravens have to transition to go invest in the receivers, change their philosophy, and extend on what Lamar can do. Because certainly what I've, what he's been doing is phenomenal. At, but it will wane. That will slow down over time. Injuries will come. We get that so you better become a sophisticated passer so that's an interesting point he's looking uh, and, and i don't know if that has maybe gordon they did that to make sure that the price would be kept down 
<laughs> because they didn't really, you know, they waited, I think, to get the running situation going because he was a guy that used his legs very well. His arm talent kind of came secondary. His most success was him running the running with the football and extending plays and scoring on plays and becoming just, you know, a really dangerous weapon. Yeah, I mean, but, I mean, isn't it possible that the Ravens know him better than anybody else and, mm-hmm. and are playing to his strengths and, and it's not about, you know, trying to, to push him in some direction that he, he's really good at what he does and you play to your strengths, you don't – try to uh, overcome weaknesses per se it's about playing to your strengths overall yeah so is it i mean there's always it's that time where there's like a player on the knicks and they're like well why aren't they letting uh, mitchell robinson develop his offensive game more mm-hmm. they know why right they know why <laughs> and i will say another thing throwing justin herbert in that list of players that he mentioned can we wait until justin herbert wins a playoff game first before yeah, we start throwing him right. in the likes of mahomes and and and, and allen and and burrow it's true. Which one of these is not like the others? Yeah, we know which one it is. <laughs> yeah, it's true. And and I, you know, I I love I love his talent. I love watching him sling the ball around the yard. Yeah. But you know, I I I can't be a hypocrite. I always talk about that when the light shines brightest. That's mm. when you find out who you really are. And Gordon, let's be honest, he's not he's not lived up. No, he, he just hasn't. Not. No, he's, 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 he is not. And I wouldn't put I would not put the the number and one blame for him. him. But, yeah, I mean, he's part of it, right? He's, he's yeah. the quarterback. And he did have a receiver wide open in the end zone. Those he plays did. all add up. So He did. Yeah. That's on him. It's tough. You know, it's we, funny, though. He had some help. Being the Dolphin <laughs> fan, I, I saw a lot of people, oh, well, look at look at Tua's numbers and look at Justin mm-hmm. Herbert's numbers this year. Tua, the, Herbert played through an injury. That, remember that night that that happened, Larry? Yes. We yes. thought, oh, wow, he's going to be out a long – he played in all those games after that. I think he missed yep. one game. Yeah, it's crazy. But he's a, he's a tough dude, no question yep. about that. But uh, you gotta you gotta wait until we win some playoff games, games, not just a game, a games, yep. and it'll be a while before we trust him in any playoff game until it goes zero zero zero. <laughs> We're not gonna trust him in any of the this playoff is true. games. After this, this is one. very Oof. true. There's no question about That's, it. That was the one saving grace I had from this weekend. I said, you know what? At least the Dolphins didn't lose like the Chargers. Yeah, that, exactly. Oh. oh. I said to my wife, I said, "Sweetie, if, if they would have lost like that, we would have had to. You, you would have had to have moved. You would have. <laughs> you would have had to have moved because you would not have been able to live with me." And she said, "I would have had to move." I said, "Yeah, yeah, I would have had to move. You're right. <laughs> Probably would have been me. Out of you the know, house. That just shows you how emotional I am that I've lost my mind to even think that you would have to move." Oh my god! <laughs> if they had lost that game, Larry. Oh my god! That is just. It's just sickening. As a player, how do you get over that? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, how you get maybe over for that. maybe for players, it's easier. No, I don't think so. You were on the field for that. <sighs> I don't know. Especially you're the defense. Can you imagine being on the defense? You imagine defensively. You're like, what is going on? What are you guys doing over there? Can you run the ball? Oh, that can is you just, do something? That is just an all timer. And the fact that the coach kept his job. I know. I know. I'm stunned. I am. That's, that's well. A I, I guess offense. it's not over yet, but it does seem like they're the they fired the offensive offense. coordinator. Yeah, like it's his fault, right? <laughs> why did Why didn't we run the ball? It's the offensive coordinator's fault. You know, clearly, I mean, he the, the offensive coordinator doesn't call the plays. Yeah, the head I mean, coach the calls the, day, the plays. You're the coach, right? Absolutely. Tell yeah. you go to him and say, "Run the football <laughs> now." Yes, <laughs> that's what you do. 
Wow. What I mean, a four, disaster. You, you, the defense, you force four picks, and you still lose that game. They were plus five in the turnovers. Plus five. They're the first team, I think, to ever lose. Was it just a playoff game, or was it any game where they were plus five, and they yes. lost? You can't make that up. It's not as bad as the Falcon loss in the Super Bowl to the Patriots. I said if I were a Falcon fan, oh, that yeah. would have broke me. That, yeah. I, would n- I, would not, I would just stop watching football because I'll never get it back. Only because it's the Super Bowl. Yeah, oh, absolutely. You'll never See, get it back. That's why. I mean, how often do the Falcons get to the Super Bowl to begin with? And exactly. then the next time you go, you almost won't even be able to enjoy it until it's over because you'll no. just keep thinking about the last time. So I would just be out at that point. You're like I don't even want to go because I don't think I don't want that. To I, I, I can't. Again. I can't imagine that pain again. <sighs> that that was an all timer as well. But really the, the Chargers. It's not a Super Bowl, but no. Wow, but it's, what a what a brutal loss. You'll never forget that game. Oh, never. People will know where they were <laughs> when that yep. game happened. Here we go. Yeah, they'll know. They'll know. We'll continue the conversation next on 98.7 ESPN. This. Is ESPN New York tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN.